Sergeant Cal DaCosta glanced at the digits on his dashboard as he threw the car into park. Jeesh, 84 degrees and barely daylight. That body's going to be ripe. Several patrol cars were already at the scene, zigzagged all over the pavement. The lights were flashing, but they'd saved themselves the sirens. As he shut the door and walked toward the small circle of officers, he took a few seconds to absorb how odd the ordinariness of it was. Only a handful of spectators were lurking. The few people on their way to work at this hour took the other side of the street to avoid the inconvenience. This was the nocturnal side of town, where the night was as the day. The patrol officers seemed almost as detached, chugging down weak coffee from a convenience store and eating something unidentifiable out of clear wrappers. Sure enough, he got hit by a whiff of the body from twenty feet. How do you guys do that? Morning, Sarge. How do we do what? How do you eat with that smell? Can't you taste it? One of them mumbled as he stuffed the last bite of his sticky bun into his cavernous mouth. When the man licked his fingers, Cal decided he'd pass on breakfast. The odor radiating from the sidewalk wasn't so much the smell of death. Not yet, anyway. It was the smell of filth blown his way by a hot, humid gust that seemed to belch from the underworld. Frank Lamont, Cal's closest friend and former partner, said what all of them were thinking. Finally drank himself to death. Cal imagined those five words etched beneath his own last name on a granite marker. At least half a dozen family members on his daddy's side were vying for the same epitaph. He'd considered going to a couple of meetings to try to dodge the family fate, but opening up to people wasn't exactly his strong suit. Anyway, his alcoholism wasn't in a glass. He was scared it was in his blood. Any chance we've got a name? Frank took off his hat and tried to rub out the permanent dent it had made in his forehead. No, but I've seen him around here enough to tell you that this was his corner. He held that old cardboard sign over there and sat right here with his back against these bricks. Cal glanced over at the sign and saw the usual scrawl with a black permanent marker, out of work, hungry, God bless. The words, need a job, had been scratched out with a blue ballpoint. Another officer joined them, out of breath. Hey guys, sorry I'm late, the light's out at Canal. Frank nodded at him and continued. To tell you the truth, I've seen him passed out in that alley as many times as I've seen him awake. I'm not sure how anybody could tell he was dead. But he was dead all right. He'd probably been dead a long time. His lungs were just the last to know. He had that look a person gets when he's tried too long to make friends with the sun and enemies of his organs. Concrete made a poor cushion no matter how drunk you got. Cal squatted down beside the crumpled corpse, gave a firm grip to the right shoulder, and turned him face up. The eyes were half open, and the teeth were almost as dark as a rotted pumpkin. The late-arriving officer suddenly heaved and coughed until everybody still on their feet scattered like mice. Why Bully couldn't do them the courtesy of turning away when he pulled that stunt was a mystery to Cal. He said it was because he never actually vomited. He just had a weak gag reflex. Bully was a 250-pound anomaly. He had the sensitivity and the stomach of a nine-year-old girl. All of them had seen him cry on the job at least once. This was the first on the list of top ten reasons Billy Bob LeBove was the most picked-on member of the NOPD. And, some would say, the favorite. For Cal, it depended on what day it was. It wasn't today. Honestly, 
If he started sniffling, Cal was going to send him home. Once they recovered, Frank bent over toward Cal and the corpse. You've seen him before, haven't you? I've threatened to haul him in a few times for harassing people for money, but these days there are so many just like him. Who knows where to start? The old rules don't hold near as well this side of the levees. Frank forgot every now and then that Cal had joined the force after the hurricane. This was the only New Orleans he knew from behind a badge. To Cal, cops didn't get much better than Frank. He'd never once caught him in a lie. He didn't have a foul mouth about women. He had a wife he apparently liked going home to. He worked with midnight basketball for kids at risk and was the closest thing some of them had to a father. He told Cal recently that he was studying up on soccer because the YMCA had asked him to coach a team. He'd never played, but no one else would volunteer. Frank actually had a life outside the force.